All right, so here we are, the first episode of the Traditionalist Podcast. My name is Isaac Tahiri, and tonight I'm joined by uh, two good friends of mine, Q and Sean. And today we're going to be discussing uh, mental health, uh, Gen Z, and kind of how mental health impacts us, what it means, and how it's been talked about. Um, So to kick things off, I pulled up a study by the Journal of Abnormal Psychology, in which researchers found rates of depression, psychological distress, and suicidal thoughts increased significantly among adolescents and younger adults in recent decades. They found that there was a 63% rise in depression among adults aged 18 to 25 from 2009 to 2017, and they also found a 52% rise in depression among children ages 12 to 17 from 2005 to 2017. So that obviously poses um, some serious issues and some questions that I think ought to be discussed. Um, so to kick things off, really, my, my question is, um, in an age where I feel like you can, you can be, uh, whatever you'd like to be, you can identify however you want to identify, uh, you can socialize globally in an instant, uh, with groups that share your interests. Um, I'd like to say that we live in a time, at least in, in the United States and in the West of relative peace and leisure. So, uh, question is why such the hopelessness and why such the depression among the youth, but also... I think a question that's worth adding is, are people actually more depressed or are we just paying more attention uh, to that depression? So I'll let you guys kind of say your thoughts on that, how you feel. Um, All right. Yeah. I think you want to start? Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll get it out. We'll get it started. So um, from my personal perspective, I would say that um, it's it's very odd to see that, you know, with uh, what we have going on today, our people are so our youth honestly is so depressed and struggling from a lot of like mental, uh, mental illnesses. And, you know, it's just like depression, anxiety and, um, things of that sort. And I think that like, it's weird to see that the older generation, you know, doesn't really suffer from that. And, you know, like the question is, is it, were we just not paying attention to it when they were, you know, younger or have times really gotten harder in uh, modern America? So like, um, I don't right. know, no, honestly. I think, I think, yeah, no, that's a good point because I feel like when I speak to, uh, like even my parents, or if I speak to like my grandparents, if I speak to anyone that's not a millennial or Gen Z really, uh, and I ask them like, Hey, was this was like as prevalent? Was this as talked about? Did you notice this as much? And every time the answer is no. And I get a, obviously a, like the follow up to that answer is usually mixed and, and it ranges from well we were tougher and we didn't we, you know we didn't we were able to handle things more and then or you also get the, the flip side where it's like oh well we're paying attention to it more so you see more of it but uh sean thoughts on that in the first kind of question quote well i think as far as, as as far as the increase i think it's because you know the older generation you know they don't you know they didn't feel that they didn't recognize that early on because back then there was more to look forward to there was a bright future to look forward to, to, you know, to have those dreams and goals. Whereas you tell the youth today, like, Oh yeah, you can be anything you want uh, when you grow up, as long as you work hard or anything like that. But I mean, take a look outside and, you know, between global warming on the rise and all the political strife and the economy, which always seems to be in a rut and all the shit going on in the news, they see all this external stuff and we're kind of realizing, Oh, well maybe it's not going to be so dandy. And then, 
you know, we get hit pretty early on with the what's what's the point? What's you know, that's I feel like that's what's kind of affecting everybody a little bit. So, but they didn't get that when they were younger because there was was wasn't nearly as much shit to have to worry about. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of get that. I don't know if there was like less stuff that had to be worried about, but I do think that. Um, and I kind of just started looking into how I think uh, we're pushing, um, like the idea that you need to be politically involved, that you need to be, you know, uh, you need to have a stance on on, on controversial issues, and you need to kind of like have yourself figured out at a younger age. And I don't know if that's just kind of the climate of politics, but I mean, you, it's not necessarily a bad thing either. But I think it puts a lot of pressure on. On, on younger people where if they're if they're constantly being exposed to like the ills of the world and you know these heavy questions and conversations i think that you know when you're still developing and you're so young that can that can weigh on you i think at an age that is earlier than appropriate but i also think that kind of you know the outlook for the future for gen z and millennials is, is certainly shot right and global warming is like a huge a huge thing that they're concerned about and you have politicians and you have you know social media influencers pop culture all of them saying well you know you got you got 12 years left or the world and the world is over you know so the future is bleak right mm-hmm. I, I would definitely say that the future is bleak and how the future is presented to us is, is really bleak but also just the present is bleak right so if you're a young kid and you're going into college you're going to take on all this debt and 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 they're already telling you that you know it's it's hard to find a job that housing is is expensive and that you know Oh, the, the boomers and the older generation have ruined the economy, right? So you're set you're set up with the mindset like, well, I'm in for I'm in for a rough ride, right? And not only is the future looking bleak, but I also think that like where we're at right now, our past and our history looks bleak, you know. And that's not that's not necessarily wrong, but I feel like we also highlight a lot of like, you know, you live in a country that is you know, you know, done done this 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 bad thing, or you you know things things like that. So it's like. Which is, which I said is not is not entirely wrong, but I feel like when you only pose the negatives of your past, and then the hope for the future, is, there's there's little to none, and it's negative. I it's no surprise to me that people in Gen Z kind of just live in the present and are like, well, everything seems to suck. Every, you know, like everything, no no matter where I look, the past, the present, the future. Yeah, uh, sure. It looks it looks bad. Um, but I think what also has a plays a big role in that is like popular culture i think the idea of um i think the idea of being sad or or having depression or whatnot it's almost like if you don't have it you're like out of the norm you know what i mean yes sure sure. yes well like standing back and looking at it too like five if you like we'll look at like five attributes of like positive people um positive emotion engagement relationships most importantly, meaning and then accomplishment. And I feel like where we're at today with, you know, social media and and all that stuff kind of having such a huge impact on our generation, it's very difficult to find meaning, you know, when when everybody you idolize essentially is a, a you know, wealthy person or a famous YouTuber or a famous even TikToker nowadays who, you know what I'm saying? Like you'll never live up to that and you you lack that meaning. And then we'll talk about relationships due to, uh, you know, like phones and whatnot too. Everyone is so disengaged with one each other, you know, one another, and like that that sort of communication and interaction with other hu- human beings is no longer needed. Honestly, you can get by your day to day without having a single face to face conversation with another person, and I think that that really takes a toll, you know, on our generation and us as people because we lack those people skills, we lack 
um, positive emotion and really a lot of a lot of learning is social in my opinion i think that learning is extremely social which is why i think that sure yeah um we're lacking in that department honestly yeah so when we look at like what what do you think plays a role in, in the prevalence of mental health issues among gen z i think social media in a weird way is is one of the one of the key factors cuz i think yeah. you do you you always have to like you have to live up to an image I feel like you have to always, you have to be involved. You have to be, uh, it's it's hard to put into words, but everything has to be good on social media. You know what I mean? Or, or, or when a trend happens on social media, you feel so inclined to like jump on that trend and, and regardless of where it's going or, you know, who's controlling it. Um, and I think, I, I, I don't know. I think that plays a negative role in kind of the human mindset and human psyche when you always have to live up to a, to a certain image. Um, yeah, that you have online, but also I think social media plays a, a big role in like it paints a bad picture of the world, right? And because I think people get on social media and they want to fight for a cause and they want to fight for, you know, some sort of movement, which isn't necessarily bad. But if you looked at all the social media posts, it, how many of them are how many? It's, it, you either get two things: it's people showing, you know, what the, the themselves or trying to live up to an image, or it's the world is shit and and everything's going to shit. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm. I feel like what we're taking in is will make you feel worse than if you just weren't on at all. And like I've gotten to the point where sometimes I'm on Facebook and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to be here anymore. Or, I, or I'm on Instagram and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, is the world does and and like and I'm a pessimistic person just naturally. But I'll be, I'll be it, it takes like five minutes for me on social media and I'm like, wow, is like everything going to shit? <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is anything is anything left like um, unscathed? You know, it's it's strange strange and i also don't think in a in a strange way right social media is used for like increased communication and increased outreach but you actually don't you don't i feel like you don't see a lot of that like when it comes to discourse and like discussion Mm -hmm. it's uh it's pretty ruthless it's pretty ruthless and i think i think it's unhealthy also the fact that like anybody that you disagree with you can instantly shut out you know what i mean right right i think i i feel like you can you can get an echo chamber and i think staying in an echo chamber also isn't good for your mental health because I think it kind of skews your notion of mm-hmm. of reality. But um, the whole idea of like social media echo chambers and movements is kind of for a different episode. Um, so we'll, we'll save it for that. But um, I mean, any I think I think uh, there's also other things that play a role in why mental health is um, or mental health issues rather is so prevalent uh, outside of social media. I think just kind of society and also like I said, pop culture. If you look at like the top. If you want, like I say, I say like this: if you want to make a top song, or, or or chart billboard right now, and it doesn't matter, it, you you can span it across any genre, hip hop, pop, uh, rock, country, almost all of them, you know, you you'll find someone that's talking about depression, talking about anxiety, talking about how you know self image, and it's all like negative stuff, right? It's all like right, right. But I, I I don't like like think about think about like, um, people like Juice World, people like XXX, people like, um. Even um, oh, I forget his name. What the Suicide Hotline song? Oh, you know, I think that's Logic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, yeah Logic. Yeah, but the thing is, like, that resonates with a lot of people, right? And I, I think, yeah, you can spread awareness, but I think it also can be counterproductive because then it kind of becomes like trendy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. To say, but it but it becomes trendy. It's weird when 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 you know, like, you're downtown lacrosse, you you know, where you're downtown anywhere. 
and you're in a bar and all these people are like jamming out and dancing to you know the lyrics are like i don't want to be alive like that's weird to me yeah yeah like, absolutely but, but it but it is, but it's a style or like the Billie Eilish is, you know, like your whole aesthetic is to be like low energy, like, you know, like down and, and sad, but like kid, like Gen Z resonate with that. And I don't know if it's because Gen Z really feels that when, and they might, or because it's a trend, but either way, I think too much of it isn't healthy. Right. Cause sure. I, I do think like being depressed is abnormal, right? Like it's not, a healthy state of mind but if you normalize it and it's like i don't even know if that's the right way to right way to put it but i, do well, think, I, it think... Kind of becomes, I think it becomes trendy but then again the music just might reflect the times right it, it might not be the music is creating people to be depressed or whatever but it might just be a reflection of how people really feel but either way i think it's problematic that you know well i think generation i think that uh the social media and pop stars and with music movies television everything like that especially with gen z it provides a platform for us to express like this you know the seemingly nationwide sometimes global you know sense of existential dread with all the shit going on in the world and like yeah we can all kind of relate over that because you know we're coming up you know we have to take responsibility for everything going on pretty soon here and we're ill-equipped to do it and so Maybe we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and this allows us to kind of, you know, I don't know if it's bond or just kind of like, like acknowledge each other's like mutual feeling of this. But the problem is, is that we allow it to, like you said, be normalized and then it becomes trendy. And then suddenly it's cool to be, you know, sad all the time. It's cool to be on mm-hmm. three different kinds of medication for problems that you may or may not actually have because you didn't, you know, rather than looking into it, you decided that, you know, you'd rather believe that you have these problems other than actually taking care of yourself so i think that's i think that plays a role into it but don't like don't you think it's strange though right because like i i do think we live in a time where like there's a group for everybody right like even the most niche like specific thing you could go on facebook right now and find a group specifically for you you know like you can you can be a part like of any community there's there's communities for everybody you can fit in anyway right like it's it i don't think like being like a weirdo or being like the nerd or being like the, the outcast like that's i you can find you know you can find your group in an instant right mm-hmm. yeah so that that that's that's what's strange to me is like you can you truly you can be whatever you want with little like i feel like little to no pushback you know i i, I truly believe that um mm-hmm. so the fact that there's just i do i feel like there's this there's hopelessness and and kind of just people are down people don't people don't look for the future like you know eyes wide open it's kind of like ah shit you know like mm-hmm. like when you look at the future do you think like the, all the good things right away I don't, I, I don't know i don't know it's just strange to me because i know that if you went into a classroom right now right mm-hmm. and you ask kids raise your hand if you have or have had or have struggled with depression anxiety it would be a lot of kids raise their hands like a lot mm-hmm. a lot of kids raise their hands yeah and that, that's true that's just so strange to me that's just so strange to me but uh, it doesn't it doesn't it's not like it's not like out of this world. You can make sense of it. Right. right? But also it's like, I feel like something, something then isn't working. Something then isn't right. Right. Because I think the dominant culture in America right now is, is truly. And and despite what media and the news might try to paint it as, I think the dominant culture right now is sort of this, you know, 
relativism where there's no such you know, you know right is whatever right can be you know truth and, and what is right can be one thing to one person another thing to another person you know do what you want as long as you don't harm anybody else you know i think i, I truly i think that's what i think that's where we're at mm-hmm. so why then does that breed like with this with this liberty to, to do what you want to be what you want and and you know you can express yourself in so many different ways now like tiktok and things like, like people express themselves through tiktok through social media through music it's all at our fingertips yeah, you you would expect you know a positive correlation with that with that liberty and that sense of like community at, at in an instant to positively correlate with like happiness, right? Mm-hmm. But we're seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing the exact opposite, which is which is strange. Which is which leads me to think like, are we over? It, are people actually more depressed, or more anxious, or more hopeless, or are we just tracking it more? Right? Like, are we are we are we just paying more attention? to mental health i think is worth analyzing as well but um but i i'm not sure i'm not sure um well it could be a little bit of both honestly yeah yeah i would have to agree i think that like uh a lot of it too though is um just a lack of honestly a lack of gratitude the thing is is gratitude is a huge part of mental health and i think that it contributes heavily to how you see yourself in the world. And I think that as Americans, just from, again, like my perspective from, you know, an overseas sense as well, you know, people over there are very, very grateful. Not to say that we're all, you know, ungrateful swine who, you know, don't deserve anything or don't appreciate what we have and that we shouldn't fight for, you know, things like injustice or, you know, whatever, racism and and stuff like that. Totally, totally fair. But I think Mm -hmm. that overall, we, we as Americans, we lack this sense of gratitude, you know, like, you don't wake up every day and really appreciate what you have because you don't know anything else. Right. So like you, you look at another country where mm-hmm. let's just talk about potable water, right? Potable water is something that you, you, you get water for a day and, and your life is, you know, life is made. And like there's kids who, you know, walk seven, seven to 10 miles every single day just to get water for their family to drink. And there's gratitude, there's sense of accomplishment in that and, and purpose. And I think that we as Americans today, especially our generation, again, really, really lack that sense of gratitude, even when it's, you know, like talk about personal encounters with other people, you know, we're not really like we've discussed before, but people are busy chasing their own appetites and not really, um, grateful for the things that they, that they do have. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And it's, it's strange too, because I feel like right now, if you're uh, in Gen Z or you're a young kid, you and if you don't, if all you know is like affluence, rel- relative affluence, right? Because not everyone in America has it made, right? Like not everyone in America, some people right. in America are living very, very, very difficult lives, right? But let's just say um, you live in America and you middle class, maybe even lower middle class, like it's fine. Um, you might not know anything else. But then on top of that, you're going to have influences from teachers, professors, you know, politicians, social media telling you, well, you know. You, it's actually not that great, you know. Like everything is going to shit. It's not, you know. So, so on top of you not knowing how bad it actually could be, right? You're being told that how it is right now is actually really bad. You know what I mean? Horrible. Yeah, this With is the comparatively, worst. Comparatively, comparatively, for most people, it's it, it's not. So it's 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 like I don't want to say we're being hoodwinked, but yeah, I think gratitude and kind of just an appreciation for 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 the the leisure and the luxury that we do have kind of goes. Um, uh, I don't know less than it should be sure sure um, and and just like a question i would say you know for the audience even so just to ask yourself you know when we talk about mental health and looking at yourself as a person and in just regards to gratitude 
is I would say don't look at it as what's wrong with you, but what's right with you. And I think that's like a huge step into really digging yourself out of this mental hole of, of, you know, how bad you really are or what you do wrong and start focusing on those, those things that you do right as a person. So. Right. And actually plays in really nicely into what I would like to talk about next, which is like, we can talk all day about, well, why, why are people depressed? Why is Gen Z, you know, this, this, and this, why do we struggle with hopelessness and, and, and whatnot? And, you know, I think, any avenue you explore, you, you're going to find truth in, whether it's society, whether it's popular culture, whether it's just more depressed or whether, you know, it's lifestyle choices. You know, I, I think it's it's obviously a complex, you know, thing to diagnose and to analyze. But let's say, OK, you do have it. You recognize you've got you got diagnosed. You recognize, yep, I have I'm prone to depressive episodes or anxiety or any other mental health issue. I think um, and I. I guess it's, I don't know how popular of an opinion it is, but I think that, I think that you do have, you do need to take responsibility for your mental health, especially if you, you know, have a legitimate mental illness. Um, and of course, some, some are more severe than others and they, you know, you can't control it or you do require uh, medicine. But um, I, I mean, I, I know I struggle personally with like uh, mental health issues, like specifically depression and um i feel like i have the worst advice to give for people who have depression because from what works for me might not work for everybody but for me it's simple as this like i i recognize i have depression i understand that 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 is something i'm going to have to work on and 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 live with right and in a way and i know we just said like oh don't normalize being depressed but if i me having depression i've normalized it internally right like i'm like i understand i have it i can recognize when it's happening and in a weird sense, not like, it sounds weird, but like not, I don't know if giving into it is the right word, but like not, not thinking about it too much. You know what I mean? Like not, say, not, not, not having it. Yeah. I guess that's a good word for it. Like, I understand I have it. I understand when it's happening, but I don't, it doesn't become a part of me. Right. Like I don't let that, I, I'll never say like I, in conversation, I'll never just be like, oh, I have depression, so I might act like A, B, and C. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys have experience with that or, or how you cope when you're, you know, having, uh, if, you, if you're just down even, it doesn't even have to be like full-blown depression, but like what role do you think that an individual who has depression or anxiety, what role do they have in like their responsibility in in, in, in addressing it, handling well, it? The how, first... how does that affect how they move on? Things like that. The first responsibility I think everybody, every person has, if they think they have depression is first of all, you know, confirm it, go see a doctor or a professional or seek help from somebody, you know, may have a similar issue or someone, you know, for a fact has a similar issue, go talk to them and, you know, make sure it's a, it's a, it's a genuine concern because I can understand being depressed and I can understand just being sad for a little bit and I can understand each in varying degrees, but the first most important step is taking care of yourself. So if you recognize that you have depression, first thing you need to understand is that it's, it's, I know we talked about not normalizing it, but like, it's, it's not uncommon, right? It's, it's not like, yeah. It's not an uncommon thing. Like depression is a perfectly understandable and, and you know, like 
like we've studied it. We understand what it is. We understand that it happens. It's not, it doesn't make you some, you know, a poor soul who you know can't be helped. That kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. You know, that, and the next thing being is that, you know, making sure that you take care of yourself. So if you recognize you have it and you, you know, you, you've come to terms with it, you know, get help, seek help. And for some people that's, you know, they take that as well i gotta go to the doctor i gotta get you know medication not everybody has access to that not everybody has money for that but you can seek help in other ways and you know i feel like what's most important is that as long as you are trying to help yourself and not you know making other people's problems right then that's the best thing that you can do for yourself right right out of the for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing and then taking, taking action is, is definitely uh, crucial. Yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one, Q. Um, yeah. So I think that um, just in regards to granted me, myself, I've never really, um, I honestly would say I've never really struggled with depression. And I think that um, I think a lot of, you know, being able to cope and deal with things is, um, it's, a lot of it's learned, in my opinion. I think that a lot of it's learned, and I think that um, we today we really we really lack those those skills. And I think that that comes from again, you know, social media and our inability to communicate with one another and talk. And I think that taking care of yourself again is is looking at what you do right in, in the world and, and not wrong. And I think taking those steps to to be able to handle, you know, like I would say one big thing to to really understand is that shit happens. And I think that, again, it sounds blunt, but I think a lot of, you know, what we look at as people when we're suffering or in times that are hard is why me, you know, why me, how could this happen to me and how could this, but shit happens. And that's, I think that's one of the big, big steps into, you know, overcoming things and starting to grow as a person, then um, being able to handle what's going on in life. And I, it's very odd, you know, you see people who are, are very wealthy you know, with loads of money, like, like celebrities, right? We talk about celebrities, loads right. of money, every, anything you could ever want. And they still struggle from depression or people who come from, you know, quote unquote, great families with a lot of money. And there's that saying that money doesn't buy happiness. And I think that what can happen a lot of times is you have no meaning, you know, you have everything you could possibly want, but you lack meaning and purpose. And I think that that's why, you know, you see um, a lot of people who do come from situations like that struggle with it. So I think that one huge step to, you know, being able to um, overcome again is to find meaning, find purpose, you know, find something that drives you and motivates you. And I know that's easier said than done, right? I get it. I'm not saying that, you know, we'll just, you know, be better. But I think that you need to look. And, and instead of this, this whole idea of, um, like I quoted before, you know, what's wrong with me or this is wrong with me and this is bad with me. And I think that, that people find themselves in that hole more often than not, you know, where they're, they, they almost, um, you know, I wouldn't say gloat, but they're like proud of, of their mental illness. And I, I like truly never understood that. I'm like, well, if you're sick, you know, wouldn't you want to get, but I would never, you know, hop on my, my uh, Instagram and, you know, post, Oh, you know, I'm just so stoked. You know, I'm, I got, you know, I got the flu right now. What's up? You know, got the flu today, boys and girls. Like, I just feel like that's not something that I would be, you know, like, so it's weird, you know, it's very interesting to see how people post about, like, I've seen people who make posts about being depressed and it's, almost comical. And then it really takes away from, you know, the severity of the situation, I would say. Right, right, right. And I think that's another issue too, is like, I think that because we're focusing on mental health a lot more, and because the conversation is being talked about a lot more, and you just you hear about it more, 
I think that you can easily get in a slippery slope of when life gets tough or when you have a week of your like down two weeks, maybe a couple months where you're down, you know, that we slap depression on it right away, which, which it very well could be. But I think there's a huge issue that happens when you, if you're a doctor and you diagnose someone with depression, which I think a lot of them do, right. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe prematurely or maybe before someone actually does have depression, right. Because I think doctors kind of, I mean, if I was a doctor, I'd play it safe, right. Like instead of like, I could say, eh, yeah, you're sad. I don't know if you have depression. And then if I skip out on, on, on prescribing you, uh, antidepressants, right? And then you actually do have depression that gets really bad, right? I don't want that on my on my hands, right? So I think we kind of, I think we I think we diagnose it maybe a little a little too easily. And the issue that that comes with that is, um, if you're told, uh, yeah, it looks like you have you have depression or you know or or, or something along along those lines. I think it's very easy to then look at the problems you're having in your life or maybe the issues you have with yourself or, or maybe your shortcomings or, or things you didn't, things that didn't, you know, plan or, or pan out the way you wanted them to. I think it's very easy to slap. Oh, it's because I have depression. Right. Or, 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 or when, or maybe, maybe there's, a, you, you have a couple off days and you're kind of just, you know, you're a shitty person to someone, you know, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a short temper because I have depression. You know, I think it's very easy to slap well, it's a crutch, right? I have depression. So I, I'm A, B, and C, right? Like I can't, I can't control it. I think that's very, I think that's very dangerous to get into. And I've, I've seen, I've seen people do it. Uh, and I guess that'd be a piece of advice that I give anyone who's struggling with depression is like, don't let it be the boogeyman, right? Like, like you also have to like take responsibility for how you act and take responsibility for how you treat people. And you have to, you know, get did he things done that you, need to be done. Just now? Um, yeah, he did. And I think that I thought, I thought using uh, depression as a crutch is so like- easy. Isaac, Isaac, yeah, Isaac, you went quiet for like a good thirty seconds there. Yeah, you had a oh. break. That's fine. Yeah, we'll just jump back into it. But I think yeah, it's very easy to to use depression as a as a crutch, and that it's very dangerous when you when you get into that because you can kind of destabilize your life by using depression as the reason for why A, B, and C go wrong, right? And and that's kind of that's like one of the big issues I have right now with the whole mental health awareness thing is that it, it depression almost becomes a boogeyman. It becomes the reason why something doesn't go right. It becomes the reason why, you know, you're in a bad mood or, or things like that. And like, I'm not saying that depression doesn't make life harder. I know firsthand depression makes life harder. Like it, it can be hard to get up out of bed. It can be hard to be motivated to get your schoolwork done. It can be hard to, you know, just want to like be around people or, or, or talk, right? Mm-hmm. But you can, I, I truly believe that you can, you can, you can get through it. Yeah, I think there's, there's good coping mechanisms uh, that can help you through it instead of just being like, well, it is what it is. Hands up, can't control it. I have depression. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of good things. I think finding, like, like Q was saying, like finding purpose is huge, is huge. And I think that's, a, I think that's an issue with Gen Z is we don't have a lot of purpose in, in, in a strange way, right? When I feel like how how we how we operate now, where you can be anything, you can do anything, and you open up, you you you're great, you can be whatever you want. But we don't. I feel like we have there's not a lot of direction, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if we, if we, and, and I, it's hard to say, it's hard to say why that is. It's hard to say why, why I, but I feel like a lot of people, when I ask them like, oh, like, what do you want to be? Or like, what do you want to do? Or like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, we're kind of figuring out as we go. You know what I mean? But like, if you, if you, if you like something, if you enjoy something, if you're good at something, you really have to like latch onto that and dedicate yourself to it. Um, because being directionless, I think <laughs> will make the depression worse. Sure. For sure. But I feel like also it's very easy to be directionless 
um, in how in, in in the modern age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, using using depression as a crutch, I, I see that a lot. I will say I a lot. I will say one of, one of the biggest issues I have with mental health in general, um, depression often being the most common one, is when people. A, when people use it to define themselves. It's one thing when I see, you know, commercials or, you know, people talking about how they have depression and stuff like that and how they overcome it. It's one thing to use yourself as an example and to provide like a sense of hope for those who feel like they may have none. You know, that's a positive message I can get behind. But when you use it as almost almost as if it's like a bragging point, like, oh, yeah, I have depression. I can't control the way I am. This is why, you know, I do this and that. It's like you're you're using a mental illness or or you're you're just using your misfortune as an excuse for shitty behavior. I see it all the time. I hate it so much because that's imagine people who, you know, have never felt depression in their life, who never even felt Saturday in their life. Right. Which I can imagine they're far and few in between. But, you know, just think like these people who are fine on a regular basis, they see somebody with depression and they see that, you know, they're, you know, doing all this shitty stuff, whether it's being just lazy, not ever doing anything, not going out and getting a job, not even trying to, you know, take care of themselves, hygiene or, you know, diet wise or anything like that. And like, oh, it's my depression. My depression keeps me from, you know, taking care of myself. My depression keeps me from providing for myself. It's mm-hmm. like it, you're you're excusing behavior that should never be excused. And it's right. just right. like unless you have a very serious like I could understand somebody who's like criminally insane, not being able to hold a job. That's reasonable. What's not reasonable is someone with depression in an age where we have medication that takes care of most things where you can go get help or you have all of these support groups and everything like that. You have seemingly endless resources at your disposal to take care of this one problem that you have, or maybe maybe one of the few problems that you have. And rather than, like I said earlier, taking responsibility and like, you know, taking care of yourself, you're using it as an excuse to not do anything. Right. And I think that's kind of what we were talking about when we we're talking about how it's kind of, it's almost counterproductive to normalize it because I see a lot of that. I see a lot of posts on social media where it's like, um, having depression means it's hard for me to get out of bed. It means it's hard for me to do anything. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Right. But that's what I'm talking about. And it's hard to describe, but I say like, don't, don't let it become a part of who you are. Yeah. Don't keep pointing to the depression. You might have it, right. It's better to say I have it, but in, in, in spite of it, I'm going to do this, this, and this. It might be harder for me to do it, but I'm not going to keep talking about how everything is harder for me. Because if you, I think the more you keep talking about it, the realer and more prevalent it becomes in your life. Exactly, right? yeah. Yes. And if you, if you point to every, because bad things are going to happen to you, and, and life's going to be rough whether you have depression or not. But if you keep like, oh, see, it's depression. See, that's depression. You are, you are, you're making it, you're normalizing it in your own life. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're holding hands with it and bringing it with you everywhere you go. Right, and you're using it inst- instead of a hmm, what can I do better right now? You're using it as a, well, I can't do better. I have depression, and I get and like depression's a tricky thing because when when it's hitting you, you think weird things. Like I know that you just everything goes it goes to shit, but we have to. I think we should have to shift how how we talk about it, right? Because kind of how I digested it when I realized, yeah, uh, this is an issue. I, I saw it like this: everybody in the world who was born has their own struggles. Some people struggle with. I don't know, lying, like, you know, like, like persistent, constant lying. Some people struggle with, you know, like lust. Some people struggle with yeah, anything, right? 
and I see it as me having depression is just is it, I'm 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 not any I'm not any more special or any more different than anyone else who struggles with something that's not a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it's up to me, Isaac Tahiri, to figure out how can I deal with this? How can I make the lows, you know, less low, right? And how do I not let this get a grip on my life? And I, I do that by accepting it. Yes, I have it. Finding out mechanisms that work for me to get out of it. And then not using it as a crutch is crucial. Every time something goes wrong, you can't just point to the depression. It might play a role. I'm, it certainly does. I can say from firsthand experience, it certainly does. Right? Mm-hmm. But you, 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 can't, you can't normalize it. And, and I don't know if normalize it is the right word, but it can't be the boogeyman. It, it can't be the boogeyman. You're right. And that's, I don't, it's, it's, it's hard. It's tricky though, because not everyone's the same, which is why I feel like I can't give good advice on how to deal with depression. Because to me, I'm like, yes, accept it. <laughs> and like, don't, don't, you know, don't hold hands with it. Right. Because you know? I feel like, I feel like it's so easy to slip from, well, I'm raising awareness. I'm, I'm talking about it. Yeah. You, are you holding hands with it? You know, are you, are you, are you walking along with it wherever it is? Are, are, you, are you calling depression whenever something goes wrong? You know, th- things like that. And that's kind of the issue I have with the mental health conversation now is that I feel like it's so easy when anything goes wrong in life or you're sad for a bit, people are going to say you have depression. That might not be the case. You might just be down right there. Life might suck right there, which is another thing about medicine and antidepressants that really confused me is I was like, I'm not sure to tell when it's working. Because happiness, right? If we, because I feel like I feel like we base depression on whether you're happy or not, but happiness as an emotion is fleeting. It, it's like a leaf in the wind; it comes and goes, depressed or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard to gauge. Does this medicine work? Does it not? And I think if you rely on medicine to the point where I am going to be depressed unless I have this medicine, I think that that that's a dangerous path. But some, like, granted, some people require it. Some people really do require it. Like it's something's not, you know, firing right, or the chemicals, or, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, some people do require it. Right. But again, if you get in the mindset of, and I would get in that too when I was on medicine, I'm not anymore, where, oh, I missed my medicine today. I'm about to have a shitty day. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I didn't take my medicine. Everything's about to go to shit, right? And then if, let's say I, I missed my medicine and I had a bad day. Let's say I got a bad grade or, you know, I had a run-in with my friends or something just didn't work out the way I wanted to. I, and I'd be upset. I'd be sad. I'd be like, well, I'd be less sad if I was on my medicine. You know, I think that's a slippery slope that that's very easy to, to get into. Um, we're running out of time now. We're at the 35-minute mark-ish. Um, this is definitely a conversation that we should continue, and I think I want the next episode about mental health to be more about, you know, how to avoid this, right? Like, what is, what's, a, what's a possible remedy for Gen <laughs> Z? I think this conversation, we kind of just uh, addressed it, you know, yeah. noticed it as a problem. Sure. Uh, sure. But yeah, I think, I think that would be a great, a great next episode because I really, I really want to continue this conversation. I want this to be one of the main themes of the podcast because I do think it's one of the major issues that's facing our generation. Um, so to end things on a, on a sort of softer note, um, less serious note, maybe less contentious note, because I know mental health can, can spark the emotions and how to address it. There's multiple different opinions. Can really so get people in feelings. Bars. So <laughs> I'm going to pose this question to both of you guys. And whoever can go first, um, but and it's kind of cliche. But what bit of advice would you give yourself ten years ago? I know it's cliche, but I think that one of the best ways to track your own progress, whether it's mental health or just in general or, or spiritually or physically, anything is you have to look back. Who were you ten years ago? Who are you now? I think it's the best way uh, 
to notice growth or, or track your progress. So whoever wants to go first, question is, what bit of advice did you give yourself 10 years ago? Go ahead, Q. Um, okay. Put him on the yeah, right. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, go ahead, John, you got this, buddy. But uh, I, guess, I guess one thing I would say to myself or, you know, a bit of advice would honestly be to appreciate the things you have. You know, I think that um, in the last couple of years for me, you know, I've obviously lost loved ones and seen a lot and, and whatnot. But I think that um, in my youth, you know, I really, really didn't appreciate everything that was given to me and, and uh, you know, the hard work that the people I love, you know, put forth to make sure that I was successful. Um, I never really, you know, I never really appreciated that stuff. And I think that a lot of it behind the scenes work that was, you know, going on, I never really looked at and then today you know me being the man i am i think that it, you know those people shaped um me right now so honestly i would tell myself to to appreciate what i have appreciate those that you love and um yeah don't take life for granted for sure for sure for sure very good yes sean you're up uh you know it's funny of all the advice i think I, all i can think of is um most uh I, i'm gonna be real frank with myself uh -oh. the advice i would have given myself 10 years ago and it's yeah it's what it is is don't take stock in people whose names you're not going to remember in 10 years Ooh, because I, like I can tell you you know my whole life i you know most of my life growing up i was, I was a bit of a people pleaser and you know I, I ended up letting a lot of people walk over me because i was afraid of how they'd think of me if i if i told them no and I made a lot of compromises that were in my best interest, you know, in my early teen years going into, you know, late and in the graduation, I made a lot of compromises that were in my best interest because I cared too much about people who like, I, I'm not even shitting you. Like to this day, I could not tell you their names, put a gun to my head. I, you know, I'd be a goner, you know, freaking. And, and it's crazy too because like those like looking back on memories like those are the type of people where like like I, I we promised each other like oh yeah you're gonna be the best man at my wedding you're gonna be like our kids are gonna you know we're gonna live close to each other like until we're old and gray and looking back on like i don't remember what i called them i can't even remember the nicknames they gave them you know so don't take stock in people and like, and I challenge anybody who hears this, like seriously, like just take 10 minutes to think about all the people, you know, in your life right now, family included, think about each and every one of them. Think about where they're going. Think about where you're going and honestly ask yourself if you're going to remember their names in 10 years, because I guarantee you at least half the people, you know, no, you won't. <laughs> I, I love how I was like, this question is going to be softer, you know, a little less. You won't remember. You won't remember them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Something deep. Something deep. Uh, I mean, it's true, though. It's true, though. You know, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. My bit of advice I gave myself 10 years ago is um, uh, and it's, it's just simple. It's like, you got you to gotta work on yourself. Like, you're not as, you're not as, you're not as, as great as you think you are. You know, I think it's I think it's really important for everybody to um to kind of in a, in a healthy way, you know, kind of knock knock off the pride a little bit. I think pride blinds a lot of people. I think pride blinds us all, and and uh, can kind of make us nasty to each other. And we miss a lot of things. We miss a lot of things that are wrong with ourselves, and things that we need to improve because we're too proud to admit them. So definitely 
definitely um, re- reflect on yourself. You know, you're not as piped up as you think you are. That's what I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that uh, I think that wraps things up. This is the first episode of the Traditionalist Project. Uh, I'm Isaac Tahiri, joined by Quincy and Sean. Thanks for tuning in. We'll get another one next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>